Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. Uh, today I'm inter interviewing someone a little bit different uh, to the normal leaders. Uh, this person is uh, Nellie Harden. She is a wife, a mum, a dreamer, a multipreneur uh, to businesses that are born from experience and serve others with big purpose. She comes from quite a diverse background, uh, including marine science and behaviour and family wellness. Uh, years ago, she decided that uh, she wanted to start living a life on purpose. She is a fellow mum of four. She's got four daughters and uh, wanted to live her life a little bit differently. So today, what she does is she's actually a family coach. She helps others to build uh, their own extraordinary family story while building an unshakable foundation for children to take into their adult lives. Uh, if you've heard me speak before, you'll know that, uh, you know, self-leadership and particularly the women that I work with around, uh, you know, being the CEO of their family is something that I'm super passionate about. And speaking with Nellie today has really confirmed how important that is not only to the family unit, but, you know, the, the impact that that has on children in the future. So this is definitely an episode for all the parents out there. Um, and it has certainly given me a thing or two to think about and start implementing in our own family as well. Um, I really loved chatting with Nelly about this, uh, this topic around, you know, family, family leadership, self-led leadership, self-led discipline, and how you can start incorporating that within your own family values. Uh, Nelly's also got some uh, great downloads as well that are available in the show notes. Uh, so let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. I am very excited to have the wonderful Nelly online with me today. Hello, how are you Nelly? It's great to have you here. Oh, I am so good. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we were just having a quick powwow before we kicked off today and you are also a parent of four. So I'm very excited to hear and learn from you all about uh, incorporating leadership into the family home because I think we definitely need to uh, equip our kids with these kinds of skills. You know, the sooner the better, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but before we get too far into that, are you able to share with the listeners a little bit of where did you come from and where are you going? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, well, this will be a 42 year long story. So no, I'm just kidding. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I come from, I come from a very interesting background. I lost my father when I was super, super young. I was only one and a half and, um, it really set me up for living for the day and really understanding the precious, precious amount of time that we have. Fast forward many years and my husband and I, we have our own kids. Uh, we have four kiddos and 
you get kind of lost in that day to day. You know, my background is in biology, psychology, animal behavior. I've actually uh, been over to Australia, studied humpbacks over there, um, ah. up in the human islands for a while. So beautiful. Uh, oh, so beautiful. Um, some of my favorite life memories uh, were in Australia. So anyway, um, yeah, I really come from a behavioral background studying that. And so those two things together, uh, keep that in mind. And I have these four kids and all of a sudden, um, in 2010, my husband, uh, goes in for cardiac surgery. He had, uh, oh. a spontaneous cardiac issue and we almost lost him. And so sitting in a waiting room with four kids that are four and under and not knowing if your husband's going to make it is, um, is definitely a wake up call from the mm. survival mode that we had been in. I mean, we, you know, yeah. many of us have kids and when they're all young, especially you're just like, Oh my goodness, they're, they're fed, they're alive. They're in bed, check for the day, made it. Congrats. You know? Yeah. And yeah. we, had, <laughs> yeah. And we, <laughs> had really, um, kind of gotten into that habit, but that was a huge wake up call for us. Five weeks later, we almost lost uh, my middle to our twins and we almost lost uh, one of my twins in a drowning oh my accident. Goodness. And so 2010, suffice it to say, and today everyone is good and healthy and fine and here. Thank goodness. But yes. Um, but it was really a wake up call to remember how precious time is. And we really walked away from 2010, my husband and I saying, okay, what do we want to do with this time? Because we want to be very intentional with it because you never know what's going to happen. You just mm. never know. Mm. And so what do we want to do with this time? What experiences do we want to have as a family? And how can we set these kids up that we have in order to have the most fantastic, uniquely to them successful life that they can within this high impact, high influence um, time zone we have, which I call the 6570, because that is how many days are in 18 years. Now, mind you, many of those days had already passed us when we made this decision, but I really look at the 6570 as this training zone, this training arena that is filled with, you know, all the things that you want them to take with them into their life beyond when they're going to have at home. And I don't think that parenthood switches off when they're 18 by any means, but let's be honest, as soon as they turn 18, you lose some of that high impact, high influence that you have before that. Yeah. And so um, really just setting up their future to be uniquely successful for them and what you need to do with that is self-led discipline and leadership. And so that is what I've done for my own family and what we've done for our own, our own family. And I started coaching about 10 years in different aspects of this and really dove into um, coaching families and uh, with cl uh, clients of mine over the last uh, while. And it's been amazing to see these families come to life in doing two things. We are setting them up to have an awesome family experience. I mean, who doesn't want an awesome family experience? I always tell people, I was like, yes, it is their childhood, but it's also your parenthood, right? It's 18 years of your life. Like, let's make this awesome, right? And um, <laughs> 18 years feels like 40, but it's- <laughs> Right, yes. <laughs> it's <so good. laughs> 
I don't want people coming out of parenthood with white hair and being like, oh my gosh, that was so stressful, right? So yeah. I, I want that 18 years, that parenthood childhood experience to be so awesome and simultaneously setting them up for a firm foundation to launch the rest of their life with. So that is what I do, where I'm going. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to be frantically taking notes this whole um, interview. I can tell already. I'm like, tell me how to help my children. Um, so when we're talking, or when you're talking about the 65, 70, can you expand yes. on that a little bit? Because I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it really is how many days you have in 18 years. So for me, it is every day waking up with intention and being, how can I pour into them today? How yeah. can I help them grow today? How can I set them up to be self-led leaders, right? Because yeah. even with, with leadership, I don't believe that everybody, and it's not even possible, excuse me, for everybody in the world to be a CEO of something, right? But they, of a company and things, but they do need to be at, at minimum to be successful in life. You have to be a leader of yourself. Mm -hmm. The best employees are going to be self-led leaders, right? Because they get a task and they're like, this is, uh, this is my task I'm going to have. This is how I'm going to execute it. And this is the result I'm going to have. And so And then some of those leaders go on to be leaders of others as well. And at some point, we're also, a lot of us, leaders of our families, right? And our children. And so leadership, I feel like when when I became uh, involved in leadership later on in life, which was right around that 2010, and when I was just literally grabbing every mentor, because I started to see, you know, there are people that are out there living life And that's what I want to do. I don't want to just be in survival mode. Kids are alive today. Check the box. And so I started collecting mentors and, you know, some, I hear some people, oh, I have a, I have a mentor. I have, you know, one or two, I had like 45 mentors and I was just like soaking it in, like downloading it matrix style, you know, and I was just like getting it all that I could. And it was just, it was amazing to me how much leadership was put as you're only a leader if you have this many people under you, you have this many people that you're, you know, the boss of, so to speak. And I'm like, oh, you're the boss of you. Like you are always a team of one, always. And so if I can do that for my kids and I was in my thirties, I was like, they can be 18, 20, and they would have as much of that self-awareness, that self-wisdom to be able to launch into whatever their unique brilliance is then, wow, they, they would be such a leg up in life and not waste time going through the transformation of having to let go of some of those old core beliefs, chip at them with a chisel, break it away, build up something new, which I am not a perfect parent. I will be the first to admit, but the thing is I I admit that to them too, you know, and just being open and honest and vulnerable in that is also a form of leadership. So they know they, they don't have to be perfect to be a leader. They just need to be open and vulnerable to it. So, so yeah, I, I, the 6570 is something that is very near and dear to my heart. It's, um, I call parents family architects. So that's gold. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) An architect, uh, designs plans and oversees the building of a project and a family architect is a parent who designs and builds and oversees the construction of their child. 
And it's very, very intentional. And it's a very unique and very close relationship to be able to step in and have the honor of stepping in to that role and being like, I am not just your parent. I am going to help you conquer this life in the biggest way that you possibly can. And whatever that looks like for you uniquely. So, yeah. I love that. I am. I'm not even kidding. I am frantically taking notes. Um, so I've actually got a good friend, Tony, who um, recently, actually probably a few months ago, said something that really stopped me in my tracks. And when we're talking about, you know, leadership at work and people not really thinking about it at home. And uh, it was at a time when, you know, the kids were going a bit crazy and I was in this survival mode just thinking, good Lord, like, yep, no one died today. That's a win. <laughs> and um, she mentioned something around, oh, I always think of you as being the CEO of your family. And it it really made me do a double take. And I was like, oh, okay, well, if, if that's the case, then what do I need to be doing? And that was one of those questions that just really shifted my perspective out of that survival mode. And I'm not, not perfect either. And my kids certainly aren't perfect. <laughs> Probably need a little bit more self, self-led discipline and a little bit of self-led um, leadership for sure. But have you, um, when you're working with parents, is are you mm. noticing that shift as well around not realizing that they're in survival mode and then f- suddenly having the option to design the life that they want? Absolutely. Awareness is such a key. When I start to work with families, I always start with the end. I Uh always start with the end because every family is different. There is no normal. I always, um, I talk about it like this, as far as understanding there is no normal. I said, you know, if a four and a six are sitting on the couch and you try to bring them something that's a five, neither one of them is going to love it all that much because they're a four and they're a six, you know, there is no, normal is just average, right? Are you talking about Enneagram there? Uh, no, no, right. just, uh, sorry. Just, no, but no, that's right. true as well. Right, right. Sorry, <laughs> keep going. I interrupted no. you then. Um, but I'm just saying that you know, mathematically, uh, uh, normal is average. And so I want to serve my kids. I want to serve these families that I'm talking to with their special, unique brand of what they want, right? Because once something that happened to me, I know when I first started looking into this, maybe my oldest is 16. So probably about 15 years ago, I started looking into parenting mentors and what that looks like. And there was so many parenting mentors that were like, do it my way. My way is the best way. And you got to do it this way. And then you would talk to the next person. They're like, do it my way. This way is the best way. And I was like, oh my goodness, it was so much. And I was like, but what about you helping me do it my way? right? And that's what I like to help parents do. So our first meeting is always about goals. What do you want your parenthood and childhood experience to look like? What do you want your child to walk away with this experience with? Kind of like a bag. I picture them like a, you know, big old like carpet bag, Mary Poppins style, you know, and, you know, they're carrying it into their adulthood after they've gone through their 6,570 days with you. And, what do you want in that bag? Right. And so it's amazing that so many parents, when they don't think about it in that way, they're just like, oh, let's get them to that point. And then I've checked a box for no fault of their own. It's just, we're so busy today. We're so, so busy running around, doing the things, doing the travel sports, doing the school things, doing the job, doing the everything that we forget that this is actually a very 
I mean, small in the grand scheme of things, this is a very small window of time that we have to prepare them for life in every best way we can possible because life can be hard. And uh, check that life is hard. <laughs> Never mind, can be. It is hard, right? And so I want to make sure that when life gets hard, because it definitely will, that they have the skills to walk through that experience and come out better for it on the other side. And so getting to the end of that, what do you want? And then the rest of my training that we do after that takes that into consideration. So I'm not just telling them all the shoulds, right? Um, I am telling them what is possible. If you want this goal, as you told me at the beginning, then you know, it's kind of like a map, like you are here and you want to get to this destination that you have uniquely coined as the destination you want. Our whole uh, client training then is the map there, like yeah. developing the map in between the two dots and getting you there, making sure you actually get to where you want to be by the end of this experience. And that awareness, I just see eyes open and it's so beautiful to see and they can get that sense of control back. Um, and not in a domineering sense, but sense of control of, wait, I do have a say. All of the world isn't in charge of what happens in my home. We are, right? Yeah. And that's so cool. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think the idea of goal setting is pretty familiar in the workplace and, um, you know, a big focus is around New Year's when people are like, yes, I'm going to get fitter, sure. I'm going to get thinner, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, eat right and all of those types of things. But in terms of the idea of goal setting for a family unit, what are mm. some of what are some of the common goals where people are starting sort of I'm in survival mode versus um, you know this is the best best possible outcome for us? What what are some of the common goals that you see people striving for, families striving for? Yeah, sure. Um, so I hear a lot of. Um, trust. I want them to be able to trust in trustworthy people and be able to recognize what the difference is. Yes. Right? I want them to have integrity and I want them to have a good work ethic. I want them to be able to understand what real love is, not just today's like, oh, love you, bye, you know, and where yeah. everyone's saying love you all over the place, like understanding what actual love is and being able to express that in a genuine way, not just surface, right? Um, and uh, respect for sure. Yeah. We yeah. want to be able to respect. Um, in our house, we only have one rule in our entire house and it's rocks. R-O-K-S. I know it's spelled wrong, but it's R-O-K-S. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And it's actually funny. One of my clients, it was so funny because I was telling her about this and she was like, I just had to put a C in there. And so they did something that was unique <laughs> to their family for a C. And she was like, I don't, I'm just OCD. I had to put a C in there. I was like, it's okay. You can put a C in there. But um, so funny, but the R is for respect. That's where I'm getting at with that. And we have four respects that we have respect of yourself, time, others, and property. So oh, love it. Those are the respects that you want to follow, not just now and when they're kids, but for the rest of your life. There's never a time that respect of self, others, time, and property is not going to be effective and useful in your life. Yeah. Um, uh, obedience is another one and um, that uh, a lot of people uh, like to have, and not just blind obedience, not, um, you know, 
they told me to do it. So I did it, you know, yeah. uh, but, but actual, um, wisdom with, uh, paired with obedience and then just kindness, like learning yeah. how to be kind. This world is filled with so much ugly, a lot of times yeah. and learning how to be kind to everybody. And then this discipline, this self-led discipline, self-led leadership is always in there as well. Yeah. So you've got, um, you've got four kids there, right? And twins in the middle. So they're obviously yeah. different ages. How do you, yeah. how does a family navigate this? Because obviously we've got that, you know, tricky little variable of everyone having different personalities, everyone having different oh, yes. needs, uh, different capabilities, depending on their age, different expectations of what, you know, perhaps self, self-led discipline might look like or self-led leadership. What do you think, is there like a baseline that all families can work towards? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. And I think I had kind of a leg up in this area just because uh, I homeschool, actually. Um, I'm going into year seven. And so even with homeschooling, we have group work every day that we do. That's for everybody. All of us get in there and we do the group work. It's like history, science, and geography and all of those. And then in the afternoons, they go off and they do their independent work, which is where they're on different levels of things. And so using that platform to then launch into how we do everything else in our home just made sense because it's what we did. So yeah, there's definitely a commonality between things, but when it comes to especially maturity for one, so my kids are 16, 13, 13, and 11. And so the 11 year old is obviously not going to have the life experience and the maturity level uh, that we would expect out of my 16 year old. And so in a couple of ways, A, we want to rise her up and not give her an excuse that she's just the baby of the family, which happens a lot. And especially with the youngest kids, they're like, oh, I'm the littlest, I'm the littlest. And then either they're being told that by somebody else, or they're just telling themselves that and they give themselves excuse. So we need to rise her up to be the most capable version of herself, right? But at the same time, we have to also give have grace from everybody else being like, you know, we're teaching. So we're all teaching one another in this situation. You know, I really look as, at a family as a team and the parents are the team captains. And we're all in this together. We all contribute together. We, um, so we own a, we own a family business um, as well, which we did as a part of growing our family. Now the business is wonderful. We, um, we make uh, glass straws in order to cut down on plastic pollution in the world. And um, actually we had some in Australia um, this past Christmas, which was like my greatest Christmas present to wake up Ah. on Christmas morning and see my straws. Uh, Someone took a picture of them on Christmas morning um, in there. So anyway, just a little side note because my, I have such a heart for Australia, but anyway, um, but in doing that, we set up our family to be able to work together, make decisions together, actually get input from one another. So the input that we get from, I mean, we started this business a few years ago, so she was eight years old. That was just as valuable as my 14 year old at the time, uh, 13 year old at the time and everyone in between. And when you value someone's opinion, 
it raises them up to in that maturity factor so much more. And so, because then they know what they have to say actually matters. And so if they know what they have to say actually matters, then they're going to say more intellectual, more thought provoking, more um, actually thought out answers, not just a bunch of gibberish. And so, um, it was, it's, it's such a great opportunity to own a business as a family. All six of us uh, sit down when we have business meetings. My kids have spoke at the Chamber of Commerce meetings in town. They give speeches um, I, when we I go love it. And so it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing to raise them up and show them that they're so capable of doing things. And I think with leadership, especially one of the biggest mistakes that we make in our world, and I know it's definitely here in the United States, and I don't know if it's over there as well, is, and I'd be curious if you got this um, when your boys were smaller, everyone told me, oh, you just wait until they're teenagers. You just wait. Like it's like everyone was like, it's going to be awful. You're going to want to pull your hair out. It's just going to be the worst thing ever when they're all teenagers. And I, I knew that was not going to be the case with our family because I'm like, no, I'm just not going to let it. I am not going to let eight years of my life and their life, especially the eight years right before they leave home, be terrible. I was like, no, we're cutting that off at the knees, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I feel like, especially with teenagers, if we just give them the attention and I don't mean that the world revolves around them and that that's just as toxic for them to think as well, but give them the attention and respect that they can be given to raise them up, to actually be the young adults that they are in many countries, a 11 year old is running a household for goodness sakes, you know? Yeah, that is true. And yeah, it's very, very true. And so when we talk about that, I'm like, you know, journey is my youngest. Um, and I'm like journey, you know, there's some places in the world that kids your age are taking care of a household of maybe six other people right now. You are so capable. You are so capable. You are so smart. You are so respectful, so resourceful. I can't wait to see what you do next. And then what they do next just blows your socks off. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I um, don't often, like, you know what it's like. You've got four kids, so people continually comment, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. The teenage years <laughs> with being boys, you know, uh, there's often comments about having my hands full, et cetera, oh, yeah. et cetera. And I don't often feel like an underachiever, but just now hearing you say that you're homeschooled, you've got your family business. I'm thinking I actually probably, it's probably time now for me to just level up a little bit on the parenting front and, um, you know, get the kids, get the kids involved a little bit more. Um, so what would be your, your, I guess your first piece of advice to give to the listeners that are like, actually we need to, we need to start implementing. We need to start somewhere. Where do people start when it comes to um, introducing some of this self-led leadership, self-led discipline for children and, you know, parents as well, where do they start? Well, absolutely. And just like anything else, anything else you want to start first starts with an idea and it starts internally, right? Everything in the world that has ever happened, done, been said, it all starts in as a thought. And so when you want to turn around and and do this for your kids, you need to do it internally first. So whatever you want, you know, to see in your kids, it's, it's a mirror you want to do yourself. And so I always ask when you are with your kids and you're seeing your kids and you're letting them do things or what have you, I ask myself is, 
how I am behaving right now, is that something I would be proud of my daughter doing? I have all girls, my daughter doing to their child if I witnessed this in, I don't know, 25 years or so. Because like I said, I am not a perfect parent by any means. And there's been some times I've lost it, right? The day just gets down and it's just been crazy. And I might yell or something and I'm like, if I saw my kid do that 25 years from now to their kid, I would be like, you know, that's not, that's not very cool. And I would, I would want to go talk to her and see what was wrong. Right. And see how I can help her. And I was like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be proud of that. And so I'm not proud of myself for that. And so I always put that mirror up in front of myself is what I'm doing something that I would be proud of them doing. Yeah, And I think so that's good. always been such a big, huge gauge for me. Um, yeah. Is what I'm doing uh, something I'd be proud of them doing. And it applies to so many situations as you're going along. So, and also just knowing how, how do you want them to see you? Because they're always watching. They're always listening. Even when they're not watching and listening, they're watching and listening. And so, (laughs) I mean, they are, it's amazing the things that they'll come out and you're like, I didn't think they were paying attention. I thought they were in the other room or what have you. And you're like, wow, you know, they really did pick up on that. And so, um, just watching what you're doing, not walking on eggshells, not being someone that you're not, not wearing a mask, but genuinely being and representing the best of yourself to help them represent the best of themselves as well. And that family accountability is so beautiful because it gives that vulnerability a chance to come out. And when my 16 year old can be like, Hey mom, I can tell that you're maybe not having a good day. Is there something I can help you with? Wow. That's so much better than me flying off the handle and them being like, whatever, mom, slamming doors, you know, and going off. And so having that family accountability of, you know, you see something happening that you know isn't themselves being the best represented, then something else is going on. And it's never what's at the surface. It's never what's at the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's like psychology 101. If someone's yelling at you about A, uh, the reason is B. <laughs> and you have to peel back some layers until you find that. Absolutely. And in your family, your family is what's going to be with you forever. And when you can create that vulnerability within the family and that support, then Christmas times 30 years from now, you're going to be seeing your kids and they're going to run up to you and give you a hug. It's not going to be one of those weird, like, Hey, how are you? You know, those, those obligatory uh, meetings, you know, that some families have, it's actually going to be this cherished time because you're always going to have that support, vulnerability, fun, joy, laughter. I I'm a huge believer in big belly laughs. Like every day we laugh in our family a lot, sometimes at ourselves, sometimes at each other, sometimes at something on the uh, television or what have you, but laughter is amazing. And I want that. I want to create that culture in our family and in so many others. So that later on echoing down decades, I can see things that I taught my kids in the way that my kids and grandkids and maybe great grandkids, if I'm ever so lucky, I can see that in them creating this generational change that goes down through the line. I love it. Oh my gosh. I've got so much work to do. (laughs) 
Uh, thank you, Nelly. Before we finish up today, what would be your top five tips for um, parents that are looking to be leaders or leaders in general? Okay. Um, well, I would say, definitely say that first one is that tip that I said, would I be proud of this behavior if it was something I saw in my kiddo? Um, and number two would be don't engage in power struggles. Mm. How, nobody wins in a power struggle. Everybody loses all the time. So I always say, drop the rope and pick up a chair. So just Ooh, drop good. the drop the rope that you're struggling with. I mean, everyone's getting exhausted. You, things people are saying things they don't want to say, and just pull up a chair and sit. And if they're not ready to talk yet, just wait. They will be. You just need to be patient and wait. Um, sometimes I'm literally talking about waiting. Sometimes I have sat there for a while and been like, I know that you're not angry about this, but you're angry about something else. Let's talk about it. So drop the rope, pick up a chair. Um, vulnerability as a growth tool. Use mm. vulnerability. Your stories that you have from this life that you had before you ever had kids is filled with stories that maybe you're vulnerable with. And that creates relatability to your kids because your kids don't believe or think that you can relate to them at all. And let's face it, like, our kids are growing up in a totally different era than we did. There's things today, the social media, the internet, like all the things, the internet was there, but not like it is today. Yeah. And so we need to be able to relate with them. Maybe they were embarrassed. I promise you have a, an embarrassing story. And so, <laughs> I mean, there's no one that can escape childhood without embarrassment. Um, so they're embarrassed. You have an embarrassing story. They're sad because a friend shunned them. Maybe they shunned them on Instagram or, or something, but you have a story about a friend that hurt you at some point and you can bring that together. And when you create vulnerable or when you're vulnerable, it creates a bridge to their story and you can relate. And that's one of the biggest tools that you can use. Um, number four is find the growth opportunity. Even through difficult times, there's always a growth opportunity. Before, when we were powwowing, I was telling, um, I was telling you about that terrible weekend I just had, where yes. I was, <laughs> I was laid over in an airport, sleeping on a bench with a armrest in my abdomen because the armrest didn't even go up. Oh. All the things, and it was awful. I was uh, in three canceled flights. All the things had to drive home in a huge hemi truck that I had never driven anything like that before. But, and it was, it was hard. It was so hard. I went through about 48 hours with about four hours of sleep and it was exhausting and hard, but seeing how I was able to stay calm and resilient throughout the entire process really was an eye opener to all the growth and all of the training that I've poured into myself. And I pour into other people because there were people at that airport that were throwing punches. There was yelling. There was what? so much anger. It was, it was such a toxic environment. And I was so grateful that I had all the training that I have had and that I teach others to be able to stay in the moment, stay calm and move on. And don't get me wrong. There was some moments in there, especially at the car rental place <laughs> that I some very low moments, but I was able to rise back up again, you know, and I, just low moments emotionally. I was so tired, um, but I was able to rise back up. And so that's my point. Even though it was very, very difficult, there was a silver lining to that. And there are 
always, always is. So look for the growth opportunity. And then lastly, just be honest with your kids. Be honest with them. You, Like I said, you're a team and not the entire world needs to know everything, but your team in order to function properly. I mean, think about it in a business sense for, you know, uh, for example, your team needs to know what's going on so that they can function at their optimum to get back up to where they need to be. And so with anything, uh, you know, finances or something's happening emotionally or what have you, you don't have to, you know, go through all the details, but when they say, Hey mom, or Hey dad, or uh, whatever, what's going on? You can, you don't need to say, Oh, nothing. It's adult stuff. You know, it's, it's nothing to do with you or anything like that. Like give them the benefit of sharing in that with you so that they can help you through that situation. Cause I promise that they'll step up and help you through that. And you'll be able to see a side of them that is just beautiful. So yeah. those would be my pieces as a, pieces of advice. <laughs> oh, I love it. So be proud of yourself um, and your behavior and how you're showing up. Uh, don't engage in that power struggle. So drop the rope and, and pull up a chair. I love that. That's so good. Um, vulnerability as a growth tool, uh, finding the growth opportunities in, in any of those situations and then being honest with your kids. I love it. Yes. That's so, so many good pieces of advice today. I could probably talk to you for hours about this, I think. Um, But you've got some resources for the listeners if they're looking to find out a little bit more information as well. Oh, yes, I absolutely do. So I have something I put together called the Family Success Vault, and it really is about unlocking your unique potential. And there are different pieces of content in there from mindset work and discipline work and um, how to teach your kids certain things, how to use time instead of spend time. Um, there's educational tools in there um, and like how to have a family meeting before the school year. Uh, we're about that time right now. So yes. there's lots of wonderful things in there and that can be found at nellyharden.com slash vault. So that's N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N slash vault, V-A-U-L-T. Amazing. I'll put that into the show notes for today as well. Oh, oh beautiful. Thank you so much, Nelly. It's been lovely uh, speaking with you. I can't wait to go check out the vault and uh, start getting my kids into gear. Do you have any anything else you wanted to say before we say goodbye? You know, I just want to say that you are capable. I want every family out there to know that they are absolutely capable of steering the ship and going where you want to go. And there is still time. There's absolutely still time. And just make the best out of this time and go where you want to go. Do what you want to do. And yeah, that's what that's what I want to say. I just want to empower everyone listening. But Brilliant. thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.